let's get down to business. We have House on Lang here. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm not going to lie. Once I pulled into this uh, parking lot, I think I was trying to move in. <laughs> we feel like we live here. Yeah, and we always want you to make yourself at home. I don't think you cannot make yourself at home. I, I walked in here, and this is the type of store that I look for whenever I do travel and I want like a, a nice boutique uh, shop that has like a lot of amazing different items. And I mean, y'all have from clothes to art to pottery to books, men's clothes. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing like 50 different things in here already, but this is awesome. And you haven't even gone into the backyard to see all the magic that happens back there. I, I can see it, but I, I'm sure when those lights come on and the events are going, that's like a magical space. Fun. And you mentioned travel. We were so inspired because we love to travel. And there are so many different unique boutiques out there, but we felt like Orlando needed something like that. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that too because I, I don't think there's a store like this in I almost want to say all of Florida that at least I've seen, but at least in Orlando for sure. Um, but going right into that, uh, one question I do actually like to start with, um, and I didn't set you guys up at all for this, so here we go. Um, what is What was both of y'all's dream jobs when you were children? It's a fun question. I don't think we've been asked that before. Um, I think I wanted to be an artist. I've always loved um, writing and um, then visual art, and that's what I majored in in college. And then fashion was always a passion of mine. And so this kind of feels like a cumulate. Oh, what's the word? Com combination. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> you know, I'm a writing major. I know all the words, but. Well, hold, hold on. But when did that start? What age? Art and writing was something that I was passionate about ever since I was in grade school. So what about when you were like six or seven? What was the dream job there? Uh, actress. There we go. There we go. There we go. I think my dream job probably when I was six or seven was totally an actress and a singer. I would totally. I was in every school play. I was. That's who I wanted to be. But then I... I this sounds like really odd, but I definitely wanted to own my own business. I didn't know what it was, but I was an entrepreneur from day one when I hit the seventh grade. I, I'm not going to lie. So I actually, when I was little, um, I don't know if it was because of my background being my mom came from Cuba and obviously my grandparents had businesses taken away from the Cuban regime. Um, but when I was like seven, it sounds weird, but I would be in the bathroom or taking a bath and I would start reading the, uh, directions, ingredients on shampoo bottles and then trying to process the whole, uh, process of it from, Hey, how did they even create this? How do they figure out these ingredients? How do they bottle it? How do they sell it? Like, I was, I was already turning. Right, right. I think, I think I had a big influence, too, from my parents. They had owned their own business the whole time that we were growing up as kids. So we didn't know anything different. You just oh, wow. we, we didn't know that people went to work for other people. A so they just, ra yeah, they just raised us that way. So, you know, we, we, all of us are entrepreneurs in my family. Wow. All right. Well, let's also, because you guys are the first two guests at the same time. So, um, <laughs> Introduce yourselves, and then once you introduce yourselves, let's hear how uh, 
y'all's connection. How do you guys mm-hmm. know each other? Um, my name is Christy McLennan, um, but pretty soon will be Christy Edwards. So I am marrying her stepson. This is Julie. I'm Julie Edwards, and I have known Christy now for four and a half, almost five years. So we both decided one day, uh, back pre-pandemic, <laughs> that we uh, were both kind of looking for other things that we were passionate about, and we just started talking, and it seemed that our passions were aligned so closely of what we both wanted to do that we we just started talking about it, and then one day we found the place. And once we found the place, all the pieces started coming together. How, how did that even start? Like, were y'all actually discussing with each other? Like, hey, we kind of want to start a business and I think we can do it together. It felt like the most organic thing that could possibly have happened. It was Julie was in a place in her career where she was looking for something new and something that excited her because she's very accomplished, but like she wanted something more of a passion project. And I was a place in my career where I was ready to do something that I was passionate about as well. And I was talking to Julie about it. I think it was at a Christmas party or a New Year's Eve party. So it was at the beginning of a year. And and I just remember over wine, us both being like, you know what? This sounds great. Like our visions align. And, you know, I, Julie was like, I want to do this with you. Let's do it. Yeah, and we we literally had that moment. I have a chill. We had that moment of I I can vision what this can be. Yeah. And and we started making separate Pinterest boards without each other. I was going to say without. And then we came together to compare our Pinterest boards and we we were so aligned. And and obviously there's a huge age difference between the two of us, but but our chemistry and the way we approach things and the way we our left brain right brain seems to connect <laughs> with each other is is crazy. It's been crazy great. So is, I'm is your blessed. fiance a little jealous of the relationship here? I don't think so. They have been so supportive of us, and we were bossing them around during the <laughs> pandemic, building this place out. And they are both very much engineer brains, and we are artistic. Uh, Julie and I were like, okay, let's hurry and hang this, not measure it before they catch us, you know? So before they break out a level and make us take things down. Oh, so. When, when exactly did the idea, when, what year, what month, do you kind of remember when? Felt like December to January of 2020. And then um, it was executed. Uh, yeah, so December, we, January of uh, So December 1920, right? yeah. And then in February of 2020, and it was pre-pandemic, there was just a little bit of talk that there might be something going on in Asia, but, you know, here in the U.S., we weren't really focused on it. Um, we, we happened to find the building, this building, and it was empty. And the people who owned it were renovating it, and they'd taken it down to just the basic studs, um, and it was all boarded up, and... Um, and we saw an opportunity. And so we, the four of us, um, you know, Nathan and Greg and Christy and I, uh, all came and looked at it and we started pursuing, you know, how do we acquire this building and what will it take to get our business license with the state and with the city? And of course we had to start a business from scratch. Um, so we spent the whole summer during the pandemic doing just that all the while trying to get possession of the building. Who, and- who's, who's creativity mind? 
got to see a boarded up building. And I think you said earlier that there's plants everywhere. Was it the creative artistic side of you two or was it the engineer's side of the guys? It was all us. It was all us. It really was, though. <laughs> there has to be artistic ability more than even the engineer side to see a building that might look like a haunted, rundown, maybe yeah. meth lab and say, this is, we can create art yeah. in a store that is creative right here. Yeah, we had a lot of family discussions and a lot of drawings and a lot of um, debate back and forth about what the space would become in each one of the rooms. And, and there was one point in time where we realized what we didn't want to do is knock out walls and make it this big cavernous space. We wanted to create little experiences, little shopping experiences. I, I noticed that coming in. Just like you go into someone's home and there's an entryway, there's a beautiful where a beautiful place where you want to sit and be entertained or have a workshop or take a class or, or just sit and enjoy company. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a place where you have a laundry room. So that's our fashion. I wish you guys weren't so busy selfishly because I would probably just use this space for all my podcasts. But I know you guys are. We encourage Christy people. sent her schedule and it took, I think, like a month of trying to figure out a small time frame. And I'll, hey, that's why I had y'all on. I mean, hustling. We, we are hustlers. There's no doubt about it. But we'd love to have you back for um, a guest podcast here at the House Online. I think that would be really, really cool. You could have a local artist. You could have a local jewelry maker. And you're, you know, you, they are featured at the House Online, but you're doing the podcast. I love that idea. I think a podcast during an event pulling one of the artists so it's in yeah. a whole atmosphere. I think that would be really cool. And I think you have some coming up on your podcast that were huge proponent, proponents yep. of. Um, one, I won't name her personally, but um, she came in here when we had just opened and she took one of our art classes and she said, you know, I haven't done art in a long time. I haven't felt like a part of a community in a long time. And this is sparking that in me. And to this day, like we feel so honored. Now she's quit her nine to five job. She's become a full-time artist and she tells us that we were a part of that and that's all. I mean, we cry every day. Like this is what we are living for right now. <laughs> yeah. Once you told me that she quit the nine to five and yeah. went with art, I, I think I DM'd her that moment <laughs> and said, Hey, I need you on. Chrissy suggested you, uh, this is mandatory. Um, so let's go into, cause you said you all had the idea when right before COVID really hit. So how did that transpire when COVID did hit? You know, it, it worked a little bit to our advantage because as you remember all of you know all of work kind of stopped and went virtual once they knew that it wasn't people weren't going to go back to work so as far as working with the city which they were wonderful and you know we had a lot of support by you know the commissioners and things like that to help us make sure that this made sense in this district and it did with all the businesses closed down around us during the time people were very supportive and thought that we were being very courageous and adventurous to do this what worked really in our advantage or to our advantage is we were a pod we were our own family pod so we weren't out doing things with a lot of other people other than our close friends and family yeah. and each other and so over the course of the summer we took possession august one of the building and from from there 
our friends and family, Nathan and Christy and I, uh, and Greg, we spent every waking day here and just, just making it happen, you know, painting the walls and putting up the panels and building the shelves. And, and it just really was a labor of love during a time when people weren't doing anything else. There was no restaurants open. There were no stores open. So it, it kind of worked to our advantage a little bit. I was gonna say this being a house probably mentally got you through it even easier because you're not in this cookie cutter store that's just a box you kind of are decorating a home with all these art pieces of all different types to be able to sell and run a business so when did you all actually acquire the the store the house so august 1st of 2020 and then we opened November 1st of 2020. Well, that's a pretty quick turnaround. And how was opening on November? Because we're, st- I mean, a lot of states were still pretty shut down. Yeah. Uh, I know Orlando, Florida being a little bit back <laughs> up and running, but opening a business is a whole different ball game. It's not just opening a restaurant back up. You're opening a business yeah. from the start. It was actually wonderful. Um, We had the whole benefit of the backyard space. So if someone wasn't comfortable being inside the house, we had plenty of outside room for them to socialize at a distance. And around that time of year, people were actually ready to start getting out of their houses a little bit. And the community was so hungry for something new and something that they could you know, jump into. And they opened us, like they welcomed us with open arms. It was incredible. We couldn't have asked for a better opening, which is just crazy. So when we, let me try to phrase this properly. Where did all these ideas come from? Maybe actually, I want to hear what, how y'all describe this business yourselves. It's just so many things in one. I think that we wanted to create not only a boutique, um, but a place to come together, um, a community space. You can have your birthday party here. You can come to live music. You can see artists popping up. Um, Our whole store is like um, made up of local artists. So you're not just supporting Julie and I, a woman-owned business in Orlando. You're supporting over 70 local artists when you shop here. Um, so it's it's a mix of everything, I think, is what we really wanted it to be. Um, and also a space to be creative. I think the, the art aspect and us hosting classes each month, um, it's been a huge part of bringing the community together, like we said. And what I love the most is, like, even when you filled out the form and I saw the community, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast is, build the community in Central Florida with local startup businesses that grinded from the get-go and now turning Orlando into something a little more beautiful and energetic and uh, more of a community-driven city since everyone knows Orlando as Disney World and Universal, but that's pretty blah. And I think we'd like to mention the fact that we're a part of both Ivanhoe Business and Mills 50 and how supportive these businesses have been to us. Yeah, the the cross promotion between the two districts and like Winter Park and Baldwin Park has been phenomenal. They every event they have, any time that there's a something like a wine walk or a, the Jingle Eve or anything that they have, 
even though we're sandwiched in between the two, both of them always reach out because we are a unique destination to be pulled into some of those types of events. Um, so we, we couldn't be more appreciative and, and the community certainly um, supports those two organizations. Full. I would say the areas that y'all are uh, sandwiched between are some of the most community uh, driven, unique uh, sections from Mills, Ivanhoe, Winter Park is right there. I mean, you're kind of smack with like the best three areas. We would like to say this is our favorite part of Orlando. It, there's so much room for growth and we're hearing so much chatter of more growth in this area. So I think it's really a, a place to keep your eye peeled. And you said you got some ideas from traveling. What, what cities, where did you capture that? Yeah, I think it's it's both international and domestic travel, but um, a lot of the the cities in the U.S., like the bigger cities, you know, Brooklyn, Chicago, like Lakeview area or uh, Lincoln Park area, and we, I, Greg and I lived there for a long time, um, had shops like this. Um, but we both have been places um, like in Italy, which we love to, to go to, in California, Austin, Nashville. I was just going to say, Austin was the big totally. connection I felt when I uh, yes, here. absolutely. And we both had been there. We both talked about it when we were doing our Pinterest boards to, to compare our notes. We both gravitated towards uh, Rainy Street, I think it's called, yep, yep, in, yep. in Austin. South of the Bridge. Yeah, in South of the Congress. Bridge in South Congress. So, you know, that it just both, we, we both connected there. So that's, we didn't even travel there together, but we had both been there multiple times. So that's kind of what we wanted to bring to Orlando. And then when we went to Laguna Beach together, we just went into every store and just left feeling so inspired again because you go to these other states and they have these incredible like multi-purpose shops and and it just feels homey like you said so that's what we're bringing and why we named it the house online <laughs> i know the name the name itself is awesome because it doesn't signify a store signifies a house with separate rooms separate almost life but within still one roof yeah. Uh, which is kind of what y'all are doing. Yeah. Brand 101, be descriptive. <laughs> there it is. So when this thing opened November 1st, you said, uh, what was kind of that startup feel? How did everything go from the get-go? Well, it was a little crazy leading up to that November 1 date. I mean, we had a punch list in the front of the store. We had a four punch lists, really. There was Christy and I's punch list. And then there was the fellas punch list. And then there was our friends and family punch list. So anybody would show up on a Saturday. We had buckets of pain. We had everything. So when we were marching down towards November 1st, it, it was a little frantic because while we were still putting the dressing on the house and planting the, our friends were planting the landscaping and building the fences and all of that. Putting bikes in the trees. Yeah, putting <laughs> bikes in the trees, which we love. Chrissy and I were, you know, frantically buying merchandise. And we couldn't go to the wholesale shows because they were all canceled due to the pandemic. So we were, you know, sourcing the product constantly, you know, and product was coming in and we were inventorying in and around all the crazy that was happening. So if there, if there would, would have been a hidden camera, it would have been, you know, something like right out of, I love Lucy or something. I don't know. This is why we're doing the pod. Cause I don't think entrepreneurs that are doing startups get any attention or notice or no one really realizes the whole journey of it. They just, a lot of people just see the business and look at it as that. And that's yeah. it. 
Uh, but especially something like this, where there's a lot of soul and heart into this place. Uh, I love, I love it. But with everything you have in here, how did, uh, buying all these different items because there has to be some challenges with buying so many different items because you're not just buying something in bulk yeah i we there was a lot of trial and error but there's also we we had the strategy we're gonna buy things that we love and we would want in our home period right to the clothing to the jewelry to the home goods the art we we only bring into the house what we would want to bring in into our home and i think our our taste is broad enough that it attracts a pretty wide uh customer base um so so far so good sure we've had a couple of misses on a couple of products here and there but that's, but i think that's that that's normal. yeah to be expected and you know we're learning and we have some brands that we really have high affinity for because both they're really great quality or they're made in the usa or they're made by local artists maybe in florida or somewhere you know close by. Um, so we're, we're learning. I mean, we're coming up on our two year anniversary and I'd say we learned quite a bit. Mm -hmm. What was some of the biggest challenges or not only just a challenge, but was there ever a time that y'all kind of thought maybe this won't succeed or we're battling, we're hitting a wall, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be uh, anything. There was not, uh, <laughs> what were you going to say? No, go ahead. I, I was going to say there was not a doubt in our mind ever since the beginning because I think we went into this not with a desire for money, not with a desire to, you know, make a name for ourselves or anything like that. We just, like you said, poured our hearts into this. And I think people can tell that. And so we didn't have this bar where we're like, oh, we want to make this amount of money in the first year. We just wanted to do our passion, you know, and have fun and I think that you can tell that, and that's how it's been a success. I think that that's where that artsy, creative side comes in, because every time I've started something, it's stress, stress, stress. And that's I, I can't be creative enough to trick my mind or just enjoy the process. Uh, You're doing it now. Yeah, I guess are. that's true. I guess yeah. that's true. Look at us. We all we all learn something about this is your creative process. Day. Absolutely. I will say one challenge that we we that stressed us a little bit was and just like any other retailer or anyone in the small business arena had during the pandemic was the shipping, um, you know, problems yep. because of the pandemic and um, and not not really knowing like you couldn't project when things were coming in. So you were sort of by the seat of your pants. Yep pulling it in, merchandising it, and then moving it out as quick as you could. And then there'd be those lulls where no product would come in. So, you know, but we, it was ebb and flow. It's been ebb and flow ever since. And, and we've learned to, to just kind of go with it. And, you know, we just don't get stressed about it. Jealous. I, I, well, something I love about it is there's definitely a trend in here, but it's not one of those short-term trends, uh, which a lot of businesses end up failing because, they're trying to order things for a certain trend and then that trend changes and now it's money lost out of revenue. Uh, but with everything you have in here, it's, it seems like two years from now, no matter what changes, I'll still want to buy everything in here. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're definitely not chasing trends. And we're, like I said, we're really, we're really focused on buying things that 
we love and that we like and that I would wear and that she would wear and that we would put in our homes. Yeah. I I love that you say that. Thanks for saying that. I think that trendy is probably on the bottom of our list of what to buy. I think that what we want is unique, fun, something that sparks joy, (laughs) you know. I I smiled and took photos just pulling in. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. We're not going for trendier, um, temporary. <laughs> so, and then, so when we opened, were the was the event space always part of the plan? Where did that come about? Because you have multiple, I don't want to ruin it by saying revenues, because I know that's not what you guys want to talk about, but there is different aspects of revenue here. Yeah, it it is great that, that you recognize that because the, the events... We saw it the minute we found the property. We we knew right then and there, oh, the backyard has such potential. Back to Austin, back even to Rainy. Even through all the weeds. Yeah, even <laughs> through all the weeds and the and the things that were back there. We had a good a group of people clearing it out for us. And, and we saw the potential to activate the backyard, whatever that looked like, whether it be private parties or music events. We did outdoor movie nights in the winter free for the community. We just oh, put wow. up a movie screen and we, we do a poll and say who won, you know, three movies, everybody choose. And we <laughs> throw up a movie on Friday nights because that's what people want. They yeah. wanted to get out. They wanted to get out of their houses and sit on blankets and, you know, bring their children to watch how the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> it, that's what it was about for us. And on opening night, we had live music. We had um, a couple food vendors. We So we were trying to show that vision from the very beginning. So the first Smart. time people experienced us, they experienced us to our fullest capacity, which was a party in the backyard, shopping on the inside. Um, so I think we we stuck with that vision and we've continued to do it into today. The one thing I'll say is last Christmas, uh, the holiday season, we were exhausted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm um, sure. But so what, what, what part generates the most revenue? The events, the house, I don't want to say store anymore, the house inside, because I know we're sitting at, it looks like a, uh, I don't want to only call it an art table. A workshop. There we go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a little cyclical, um, you know, and seasonal, because during the holiday uh, period, people are looking for holiday parties and places to go gather with their friends and families. So, you know, I, I think that you'll see that uptick in the events space and the private party space. And, um, but... But obviously, there's a big amount of the real estate is clothing, men and women's clothing and the vintage clothing. So, you know, that that's our main, you know, f- not focus, because I feel like our three pillars are pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but, but clothing takes up the most real estate in our space. You know, what's really cool is and fascinating is most startups one of the biggest failures is when they try to do too many different things, which crashes and burns, I would say probably 95% of the time. Um, But your different pillars are almost balancing each other out as the year goes on. You know, hey, uh, seasons, well, it's a lot more event space. Obviously, the inside and clothes will always kind of stay going. Um, Was that ever kind of a strategy or did that just kind of play out? No, it was definitely a strategy. You know, you, I come a little bit from a business background. And, um, and so 
so you, you never want to put all your eggs in one revenue basket ever, ever. And as much as you can diversify and be really good at three things, you're going to probably be a successful, you know, entrepreneur. And whatever those three things are, you just have to drive it with a lot of passion, a lot of creativity and, you know, a lot of support. And I think that that's what we've done. That's what we do for each other. We are the most incredible tag team you will ever be. Your fiance is gone. <laughs> I think there's a, just a relationship here that's already surpassed whatever you have. We have a daily cry count. Um, we're both artists. We're both emotional, but we're also just, just so passionate about like how this is working and how um, we just get the sweetest feedback from people. And we have these moments where we like tear up because um, I think that. I don't know. I don't want to say we're like affecting people's lives, but we get to we get to experience Orlando. We get to meet they're people. Positivity in the community, which is and they're giving it right lives. back to us. Right. And so when we feel that encouragement, you know, there are days where we're exhausted, and and Julie could could be on a yacht in um, Italy right now in her life, but she is here and working, and we we work really hard. And so when we get that feedback, like. It makes us emotional for sure. And you guys have, I mean, y'all have put in some great effort and it's awesome seeing a dynamic where it's not blood, but it's family, which I don't know how many times that usually works out in a dynamic and just watching you two, I would just think your mom and daughter that have been like best friends since birth, uh, which is awesome. But so then going into the business side, what have we kind of learned? Cause you said we're almost at two years. So I'm sure there's been some, pivots or some different changes that we've been focusing on? Yeah, we've learned a lot about the event space um, and how to work within the community on the event space because, you know, we have our neighbors, Quantum Leap, we have Pig Floyds, we have a lot of things going on across the street on uh, Mills. And we, it's kind of back to that organization with Ivanhoe and Mills 50. We learned really quickly that we needed to fold in and help drive bigger community things where we were a part of it or we were pulling other people in. And that, you know, when we first opened, we were running after it so quickly. All we were doing was like loading up the calendar. But now we're pretty strategic about our calendar events and how it synergizes with our neighbors' um, calendars, which is what we should be doing. And what's really funny, that was, that was my next question. How did you even build that connection with the community? Uh, is that kind of how it started or was it even deeper, more personal at first? I felt like they welcomed us with open arms. Yeah. And at our grand opening, there was a number of the small businesses that surround us here. Um, and they came and they showed up and they have continued to show up and we send them over there. That's what I really love about this community, specifically in this area of Orlando is, oh, you're looking for something that maybe we don't have. We'll send you to these shops. We'll, we'll name what you need and we'll, we'll send you on your way. And that's really cool to be a part of that supportive community of businesses. Yeah. And when someone walks in and, you know, they're new to the house on Lang and then all of a sudden they say, oh, we were just down the street at either one of the restaurants or one of the local shops right here. And they sent us over and said, we had to, we had to meet you all, or we had to see your shop. And, and there's just, there's nothing like that, Peter. Like when that happens, like our heart swells up. I'm not going to lie. There's a, I mean, even before I came here, 
I always felt a certain vibe from this these areas that always seem like there's this friendliness and supportiveness and connectivity. Uh, it's kind of cool hearing how the business side of it, how did how that actually does work in di- you know the dynamic of it. Where where has any of them given any tips or help on the growth in the business side of it? I think the biggest challenge this area has, and I don't think any of us know what the solution is, but uh, so many great things are going on and, and, and parking is at a, a premium. There just mm-hmm. isn't enough parking space here and nobody wants to see a big high-rise garage come in, in this area. So I think between Ivanhoe and um, that organization and Mills 50, those two uh, board groups are really, really trying to work at it on all of our behalf because we, we recognize it's, it's a walkable community, but we also recognize people are coming in because they know that this is a really cool district to be in. And so they're coming from South Orlando or North Orlando, and they're wanting to be here for a Saturday afternoon, but they got to be able to park their car. I was going to say that I see that challenge because like you said, all these areas, you want to walk from place to place, but it's not also an area that you can walk to, just walk around. So I can see how that uh, we need to get the parking there so everyone can walk around. Is there anything moving in that side of it? or You know, there's a lot of development. Well, the yard, you know, obviously has opened up down in Ivanhoe, and they've opened that big parking garage and for their residents and their, um, their businesses, which has really helped. There's also some movement behind here, behind Quantum Leap, and, you know, for some other development that are happening that could be um, parking, you know, opportunities, if you will. Hmm. I might have to start a, a little parking lot around here and kind of <laughs> milk off all of what you all have done. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> might help everyone. Oh, well, let me mention, if anyone's listening, over by Lake Highland. Over edit that. Um, but over by Lake Highland, which is just off Montana down here at the end of Montana, is a public park and there's public parking. It's it's, you know, a block and a half walk, but but it does access everything from the Ivanhoe to Quantum, you know, to us. So so I think it's underutilized because it is a public park and there's plenty of street parking. So I think people will learn about that. And then there's the fitness trail that connects mm-hmm. to it. So I think I think we got to get creative, but but it's it's there. Y'all have the creativity side anyway, so hands down. Uh, where where do you see the business going? I know y'all's schedule is so packed up. I, I don't know if you have time to kind of plan a growth strategy or where where do y'all see this going? Um. Well, just at a starting point, there is a really high demand for e-commerce. We get people messaging from across the U.S. wanting to buy some of the things in our house. And um, so we're interested in maybe making a website. But we're really focusing on just like the community and what we have going right now. We're taking it a day by day right now, I think. Um, We're super happy with what's happening. And each day, a new person's walking in. We're we're getting new people every single day. So we need to treat it like we're a new business because we still are. Yeah. And what's cool to hear is that you're saying there's new people every day because I think the amount of customers you probably see that come back is probably really high. So if you're also bringing new people every day, it seems like a very good business uh, strategy, I guess you can say. 
Yeah, the word of mouth marketing that we have is off the charts. So the people who have been here multiple times continue to come back and then they bring friends. But when people come in and they tell us they're either visiting from out of town and somebody told them to come here wow. or they're local residents that don't live like in the five mile radius or whatever. And they tell us that so-and-so told them that they would love this shop. Again, like you you can't buy that type of marketing. And so we, we feel, again, so blessed that we're doing something right and we just got to keep doing what we're doing because it's working just talking to you two i don't think you all have it in you to not keep doing it how you're doing i think you guys bring a lot of love passion creativity and just seeing how all these people coming in for i think you have an event coming just waving them through the window saying hi like (laughs) it feels it feels so homey i love it Thank you. Well, you got to come back more often. I know. We're going to have to do some uh, episodes out of here. What what has been the biggest learning point of each of you separately? What have you learned the most during this whole journey? <laughs> is Julie going to cry? I was going to cry. <laughs> be authentic. This is um, it. It's supposed to be real. I think... I guess I I tend to go towards life is short. Um, do what you're passionate about. Feel extremely blessed that I was offered this partnership, someone so close to me, and um, the ability to just like do everything that we have loved since we were young, like um, art, clothing, um, and. You know, I I'm I want to go to my grave never having a nine to five job, and there's nothing wrong with a nine to five job. But we're just really passionate about what we're doing here, and I'm I feel blessed. But one thing I do want to learn is more of the the mathematical business <laughs> tax side of things that uh, I could use some improvement on. <laughs> you and Sam both have the tax problems. <laughs> oh, did Sam mention that too? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun for us creatives. No, it is not. <laughs> and what about you, Julie? Um, you know, my mine, you know, obviously I'm in a different place in my uh, career. You know, I retired and then came out of retirement uh, because it just wasn't for me. And um, to have the opportunity for somebody to be in my aura that I could open a business with is... Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And, and especially to do your next chapter and you won't know this for a while, but when you get to do the next chapter and it's so much bigger than any chapter you had before, and it's not about the money or this prestige or the title, you know, I was a chief marketing officer for a big company. It's not about that. And I learned that really, really quickly. And you can edit that out if you want, because I know it sounds No, good. no. This is why I'm doing this, because businesses are businesses, but no one knows this journey, and hearing you know the authentic feelings behind it is the whole purpose, because a, a lot of people don't know what goes behind, this, behind the scenes, and these emotions are real, and this journey is real, and there's a lot more to it than what the outsiders might think, and this is why I want this, these emotions shared and these feelings, because... It's not just a business that has a tax ID. It has people behind it, women behind it, family behind it, and doing something that they love and passionate about that just created it into a business. And I think that's more what it's about. Yeah, and, and you know, and everybody will go through, you know, many chapters of their their 
careers or their professional life or their creative life or whatever it is. And, and if you, if you find a chapter that is just inspiring you and you probably are right now, I can tell Mm -hmm. you are, you're just, you're a natural at this. So (laughs) you just, you just have to run after it. And then one day something else will happen and the chapter will close, the chapter will change. Mm -hmm. But I think I've learned you have to embrace whatever that change looks like, and it might look very different than your previous chapters, and that's okay. And, and you have to be okay. open to it. And mm-hmm. I mean, this relationship and this business alone is, I think a lot of it is just from being open with your heart and your mind, and then it just started naturally flowing. And this, I, I feel that's more of the case with this than a business process. It's more of the heart, soul, emotions, and love between your two and what you both like that just started uh, creating this little baby itself. I got to say, this is kind of surreal in this exact moment because before um, we started this business together, I would listen to a podcast every single day called Second Life Podcast. And it's about switching your career from one thing to something you're more passionate about. And I would just manifest it in my car and listen to this and be like, I really want to do this. And so the fact that you're making a podcast that could inspire other people to do that and that we're a guest right now is kind of an incredible feeling. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. I mean, at the end of the day, Doing something like this where it's community-driven, passion-driven, and more of uh, authentic humans just connecting and creating something, I think that's that's the big drive behind me. I have my own outdoor kitchen company. I work you know, in a six-figure job, no problem. But this was a drive that I said, you know, I've listened to business podcasts of entrepreneurs and their journey, but... These are billionaires that, you know, are less than 0.0001% of people. I want something more authentic with a community startup and, you know, having humans that don't want to just money, money, money. And that's all we know. I mean, there's life behind this. And that's what it's all about. And hearing y'all say that alone, it's kind of like this community tie. You're doing a lot for me internally that you're saying, you know, internally your customers, this podcast, it's all about this big full circle thing where we can all be a part of each other's life and journey and almost utilize each other's journeys to create maybe one massive journey. Absolutely. Especially like, as you think about you're starting, you're starting this podcast and you've reached out to all these businesses and different types of businesses and you're making those connections. You, you've just gained two new listeners for sure. And those businesses that you have podcasts coming up, we, we, we have them on our list. I want to know who they are. I want to listen to your interview with them. I think it's amazing. So congrats to you. Well, thank you. I think Christy and uh, you two gave me a lot of my future guests already. So uh, we'll, shout we'll out. keep them coming. So you just ask us. We have a lot of connections to local artists. and Yeah. And we'd love to have you back to the house to do another podcast i mean you know for for any guests you want to bring in it would be great send me a uh, google calendar so i could fit myself into y'all's calendar oh gosh you should (laughs) see it over here we're 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 more literal people so we have a big thick calendar we bought from um target we don't have anything digital we're very much i was setting so everyone knows i was setting up this podcast and these two are on this 
calendar that um, I think my parents had on their office desk at home, <laughs> those big paper calendars that you fold over each other. They're dealing with phone calls, scheduling, events, and I'm just over here setting up a podcast. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome being entrenched in kind of that little day-to-day as it goes. I love it. And we got a book club right after you. If you want to stay and have some cake and wine and talk about a book that you probably never read, we can... Cake and wine alone already (laughs) sold me. Add a book, I'm in. Um, So to wrap this up, because I already feel like I'm going to have you all on again uh, as a part two. But to wrap it up, what's the biggest suggestion you would give to entrepreneurs before they actually start something? Maybe in that idea phase that are a little hesitant on actually starting up. I mean, this is going to sound a little cliche, but... I did a vision board. I mean, I did a vision board because I was consulting for a big company and I was getting ready to travel to, you know, internationally. And I had been doing that for the last 25 years. And one day you just have to say, what is it that I really want to do? And what does it look like? And it sounds a little cliche, but I did that. And, and then you know, Christy and I, of course, connected not long after that and started talking about what it is I wanted to do. And she started talking about what she wanted to do and they were so aligned. So my other thing, and again, if you can find a partner, you less your burden by 50% because on down days, you have somebody to lean on and on up days, they can lean on you. And we, we have, like I said it before, we are an amazing tag team and we, we can just be really super honest with each other about like today, you got to take it because I can't do it today. Or I've got a huge conflict. No problem. I'll take the rope today. A partner is so much easier. So than going out on your own period, it's a, it's a lifeline almost a hundred percent. Chrissy, what about you? Um, I would just say so far in my 30 years of vast experience, um, I have always followed passions and so far it's never, um, led me astray. Well, when it comes to relationships or work or if, if you're passionate about what you're doing or who you're doing it with, it's, it's really not going to steer you wrong. I think that you can get luckier along the way. You can get blessed um, with certain opportunities, but if you're following your passion, then it's usually going to work out somehow. And now one last question as well. An entrepreneur that's already started, what little suggestions would you give during their startup phase? Similar question, but a little different. I would say reach out to as many similar business owners that you can and listen to them because they've walked in the path you've walked in and, and listen to their tips and tricks and their challenges because most entrepreneurs, especially if it's a small business or it's, you know, like a local, you know, mom and pop, let's call it, they're going to be so willing to help you. It's crazy. And so people should take full advantage of their neighbors, of their companies or their friends that are opening businesses. Ask for help. Mm-hmm. If they came to us, we'd be more than willing to help. And also I think drawing on friends and family, 
We could not have done this without our friends and family. And I'm talking the masses would come out here for pizza and beer and help us put this place together. And if it were just Julie and I, we would still be in the trenches. And I think that if you can call on any kind of community that you have, any friends, any family to help you out, then (laughs) um, you'll be okay. Speaking of, one of our best friends just walked in the house, and she is actually a good podcast interview for you, Peter. She is the owner, publisher of Edible Orlando, Pam Brandon. I see it right there. I was actually looking at it earlier. And she and her husband helped do some of the landscaping, built the fence out there. Like, this is part of our family walking in. So I actually have one more question. Sorry to keep tacking on. Yes. But... What would you share to other women out there that have those passions that maybe are still battling other um, misconceptions from the past of women owning their own business and doing their own journey? What would you share out to those ladies? You know, I I mean, you have to jump and hope the net appears. But if you have a partner, it's you, you you have the courage because when you don't have the courage that other person does, whether it be a friend or a family member or, but having a think partner and a, even a business partner, but if they can't be a business partner, make them a think partner for you because you need the lifeline. And, and literally I, a lot of women have come in here and asked about how did we have the courage to like do what we did during the pandemic. And, you know, and it was about our friends and family and it was about like people popping us up and going, you can do this. You have a vision. We needed cheerleaders and we had cheerleaders. So I would tell every woman out there, if she's thinking about it, get a cheerleader. I'd say now's the time. It's the time to do it. Um, I think that the focus on small businesses, on women-owned businesses, on minority-owned businesses, there's a spotlight on all these people right now, and we're ready to take full advantage of it, and I hope that they do too. Everyone out there, ladies, humans of all kinds, do what you love. Follow it. Do it with passion. And if you look at it as work, jump off of it. Do something you love and look what this thing's created. Hopefully everyone comes and checks out the house on Lang. Uh, Drop your little Instagram, your uh, social media so everyone can find you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. And you can find us at at the house on Lang on Instagram. We have a Facebook page and then our website, obviously, houseonlang.com. Check them out. See y'all later.